passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Before we get started with today's show, I just want to remind you guys that Bet Online remains your number one source for all your basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, and the championship game. Bet Online is your basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. Again, that's BELIEVE. B L E A V. That spells BELIEVE. Make sure you guys go ahead to betonline.ag where the game starts. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast. My name is James Williams, a reporter and editor for the Orange County Register and the Southern California News Group. And as always, I'm joined here by my co-host, former UCLA linebacker, Josh Woods. Josh, what's going on, man? As soon as we thought that it was starting to feel like summertime, mm. you, you know, know what that it was heating up, and then it's like right back to the rain and the clouds and the cold. So look, they got me looking silly at these spring practices, right? So I go one day, I'm wearing a whole hoodie, pants, yada, yada. And it's chilly. It's cool. I, I made it out okay. The next day I go, it's hot. I'm in a hoodie. I You know, I'm dying. I have a sun hat on. And, and the sun hat worked out. But I'm just like, I was looking like a mess. By the end of it, I was all sweaty and stuff. I, was, I wasn't, wasn't ready for all that. And then so yesterday, we're recording this on a, fr- on a Friday. So yesterday, on Thursday, I went. I'm like, I'm just going to wear a t-shirt and some pants because I feel like it's going to get hot. Later, as the practice goes, because the sun's mm-hmm. beaming down right down the practice facility. It's cloudy the whole time and windy. I can't win. So Unpredictable. I, I just be showing. And then because in the IE, it's a little bit colder, especially when I'm leaving at four in the morning. So I'm bundled up, not bundled up, but I'm like warm leaving. And by the time I get there, I got to like change. I have to bring a whole another outfit, more or less. So anyways, that's my rant on the weather. Um but it is Coachella season, which is also weird for me because I'm going to Coachella for weekend two next week. But it's usually 100 degrees when I'm out there. And right now it's like overcast. So this would be the perfect Friday to kind of be out there. Big chilling. I don't think it's going to rain, which is great. Yeah, I'll say as long as it doesn't rain. As long as it does not rain. But there's been times where it gets windy out there 
and and that get kind of messy too especially i mean no one really has easy ups and stuff but it can get especially like weekend two after all the weekend one people were there it gets all mm -hmm. like all the grass is dead and the dust starts flying even more so if it gets windy on that weekend too then your allergies get kicked up it can get a little it get a little messy but we're here to talk about football there's a lot to talk about with spring football going on as we've kind of mentioned um where 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 do you want to start? You want to start with some offensive stuff. You want to start with some defensive stuff because I think I have a few different topics for each to to kind of carry us through. I mean, as a linebacker, of course I'm defensive minded, okay. so that's where I want to start. Okay, well let's start on defense and and I'll start with kind of what I kind of told you um, at before right before we started recording, literally like two minutes ago. I told you that from what we've seen in spring practice is they're running a lot of four two five. Um, so Josh, do you want to just break down real quick what four two five is? Uh four two five. So you got four down D linemen, um, two linebackers, and then five DBs. Uh which you call nickel. Um because mm -hmm. you have that nickel spot where you take out usually a Sam linebacker and insert um another DB in, a guy that plays close to the line, um, usually covering slots. And then typically with his defenses, your ends are more stand up ends and not handing the you know the dirt which i mean that being your base i think i think we're kind of seeing a shift in uh the times i think and that's another thing to be to be thinking about um moving forward and going into the the big 10 is mm -hmm. um usually nickels you know stop the pass and i mean if that's going to be yeah. your first down your base your base defense what are you doing a team's running the ball so like in the Pac-12 it makes sense because you know all these quarterbacks and all these spread offenses you know it, it makes sense why this is your base but is this going to be what they want to lean on going into the Big Ten and with teams that run the ball because in those situations you're going to want a base you know 4-3 or 3-4 with another linebacker in there um, usually a bigger buy to stop the run so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how much they want to stay in this defense, or this is just one that they're focusing on for spring ball. And then come season, they have multiple packages um, that, you know, they rotate around a lot more. And I think, I mean, and I think that's a good point because I think that's, and that the main reason why I went into yesterday's practicing, let me figure out what formation they're running or working with the most, because I know that's what everyone's asking me about. Everyone, like, especially with a new defensive coordinator, they want to know what he does, what's going to happen, like, what are they running? Um, so what I came out of it, and I asked some of the other reporters, like, what are you guys seeing? Maybe if, you know, if I'm turned away tweeting something, what did you see on the, like, what kind of formation are y'all seeing? Him? Are y'all seeing the exact same thing I am? They're all saying, yeah, 425. Like, this is kind of, I think one of the reporters even kind of mentioned, um, they maybe will start some of their seven on not seven on seven, some of their 11 on 11 stuff, like maybe out of um, like in a different formation, but then kind of like adjust or move into a four to five. But by the time the play runs, they're in like a four to five. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then we talked to Colson Yankoff, who's obviously uh, an offensive guy, but he kind of even mentioned like, yeah, right now as a, as a team, we're just kind of putting in our base stuff. Like, we're just, you know, we're just kind of getting the basic stuff down. So we have a foundation as we get ready um, for training camp. So um, for now, I'll, I'll let you guys know if we start seeing some other sort of formations on on the regular. But right now it's kind of four, two, five. 
Um, and that played into some stuff we've talked about earlier um, during this offseason was some of the why they made some of the coaching changes or maybe not why they made some of the coaching changes, but how some of the coaching staff kind of um, came to be. Um, you had the former defensive linebacker coach, uh, no, the former D-line coach, Chad K. I'll go with Chad K just because I cannot pronounce the last name um, and do it justice. So Chad K departs from the program. He says to pursue other opportunities. As of now, I'm not aware of where he's landed. Um, but with that being said, they did move coach Akaika Malloy, who was the outside linebackers coach, and he's kind of absorbed the defensive line as well. And the reason for that, according to Chip Kelly, who told us uh, during the last time, yeah, I believe the last time we spoke to him um, during media availability was he said it was kind of a natural progression for that to happen and him to kind of absorb the defensive line um, as well. Obviously, Ken Norton Jr. is still working individually with the inside linebackers. Um, but the reason for Akaika kind of taking on that defensive line room as well is because they wanted it. Kelly said he Chip Kelly said he wanted to put more resources towards the secondary um, and kind of split up the set, the safeties and the cornerbacks and kind of give them both the attention he believes they deserve, um, especially because when you're getting into a four two five, and um it kind of goes i guess kind of goes to what you're you're saying about maybe changing with the times a little bit but uh, maybe they're anticipating more run i mean not more run more passing or i mean if you i assume if you're having five linebacker or five safety or five secondary guys out there you're doing it because you're trying to stop the passing game which has kind of been something they haven't been able to do the last couple seasons um but We'll see how it goes, but I know you kind of had some thoughts on that, on maybe more resources, toward, more resources towards the secondary, um, and just have, having one guy kind of focused on the outside linebackers and the defensive line. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, with I mean, I guess it's kind of been a a progression to to get to this point. I mean, um, I remember when when Coach Kelly first came in as an RO, he he was running three uh, a lot of three four. And slowly, I remember to my times leaving, it was we were in nickel a lot. So you take out that the nose guard and bring extra DB in. Um, and then outside linebackers essentially become more like DNs. Um, and there's a lot you can do. It depends on your personnel and the and the you know type of guys you have. Where at certain times it was almost like we were still in the three-four, and I was playing kind of more outside linebacker covering the other mm -hmm. outside linebacker was becoming sometimes a four eye D lineman type. And then the extra DB would become an, like the outside linebacker. And I think it, it all depends again on personnel and who you have. Cause you can get away with having, um, playing, playing that four, two, five. If your nickel DB is essentially a, like a, how would you say it? So I'd say a, a hybrid, a mini backer. Mm -hmm. um, as we used to call it, a guy that he can play in the box, he can stop the run, but he's his his nature is usually a DB, like his cover guy. Um, and you can get away with doing stuff like that, but um, there's already big roles that you know to fill in the DB, uh, yeah, you know, in the DB unit, the DB core, and then having 
essentially three kind of position coaches for the DBs. Um, that's a lot. A new DC, that's a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm just it, it's it's gonna be different to see and interesting to see um what comes of all of this. And yeah, if if this is all done so we can, you know, essentially stop the pass, you know, more more turnovers, more because when your your DBs can cover better gives a little bit more time for your D-line to get there. And when your mm-hmm. D-line's disrupted, you know, it's like back and forth. And right. um, that's where the vets are, are those outside backers for UCLA right now with Latu Latu and, and the yep. Murphy twins. Um, those are going to be the guys that this defense needs to rely on to get in pressure and also being able to stop the run. So we'll see what, we'll see, you know, so, how this progresses. So that's kind of what I had. So uh, for coming out of, Thursday's practice, that's the headline I had for my story, was UCLA's defensive line unit expected to provide... UCLA's defensive line unit is expected to provide stability, right? And I think you have that. You have the Murphys, you have the Murphy twins, you have Latu, Latu who um, led the team with 10 and a half sacks and three forced fumbles. Um, I think Grayson Murphy had five sacks. And then you had outside linebacker Carl Jones, who had two sacks. Um, then they even added some depth. They added in um, Oregon transfer Keanu Williams. And then they added Jake Heimlicker, the uh, Penn transfer. So they got some guys and, you know, they're kind of getting into the rotation. Williams literally got there or, you know, they put the graphic welcome to UCLA, which means mm-hmm. I guess he just enrolled the day before spring practice started. Um and he's already kind of gotten thrown in there. Chip said, you know, he's kind of learning fast. I mean, it's only been three or four days up to that point, but a big body, someone that that they expect to kind of plug in and, and could be an option for them. And, and that we haven't even mentioned Jay Toya. Jay Toya, another big boy. He's kind of in there with the starting unit as expected. No surprise there. Um, now in his third year. Um, so, yeah, so that's definitely where a lot of the veteran presence is and whatnot. So for me, and I'm sure there's more into it than just what I'm going to say here, but if there's something where maybe you do need to kind of apply less resources to, it would maybe be up front just because you kind of know what you got. Those guys know what they need to do already. Mm-hmm. But but again, yeah, the secondary is going to need some help. You don't have a Blaylock. You don't have Mo Osling. Guys have been super consistent and been on the team for literally years. Um yes. But um, another interesting note, a little tea for you, Josh, is Devin Kirkwood, who's someone I totally expected to Be benefit from from having um, defensive coordinator um, DeAnton Lynn, who was a Penn State cornerback. You have uh, Cody Whitfield or Whitefield, and then you have Brian Norwood, all three with secondary cornerback experience, defensive back experience. I don't know why. And it's kind of hard to read the first team, the second team. Devin Kirkwood's working with the second team, and I don't know why. Hmm. I don't know why. Who Who is ahead of him? So, and that's why it's hard to say, like, are these guys ahead of him? Or is Kirkwood in trouble? Or, or, I mean, he has a hand injury, but I don't think, I mean, if he's playing. But anyways... So they had Jalen Davies, who was someone who who kind of stepped in uh, later in the season, got some time. Um, 
Rancho Cucamonga kid, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then John Humphreys, I believe, is the other one. With Humphreys, is that a name for you, or maybe he got there after you did? After me, but name sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, so those were the guys that I saw during some certain periods. It's kind of hard, like to, you know, we're looking at practice, Josh, and we're like, we have our notepad, and like, I don't know if you can see. Uh, no, it's kind of hard to see. Anyways, like I have like different like lists of numbers. Like I'm trying to write down all the numbers. When you see like, if I see Darius Muasau, Jay Toya, and you know whoever out there, I'm like, okay, this is the first, this is the starting unit, and I write down all the numbers. And then you're like, where's Devin Kirkwood? And then the second team goes out there. And you try and write all the numbers down and then you see Devin Kirkwood and you're like, what? <laughs> like, it's just hard to like, they're trying to, I guess, you know, find looks, combinations, whatever. There's another name I mentioned and I don't even have it figured out yet. I'm partly going to, this is an excuse, but they haven't put the pronunciation for names yet on the UCLA website. Um, they haven't put the spring roster up either, but I'm going to call him double O for the time being. Uh, the guy I mentioned to you, the Cal transfer um, that plays linebacker. Um yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to share time with um, if he's going to share time with Darius or how they're going to rotate that or make it work. But he's a big boy. Like I had some dudes tell me, uh, no, I had some people on Twitter when I post the video with the one of the drills Norwood does, because as you know, they always have you guys working out right in front of the media. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted a video and everyone's like, who's number two? Who's that big dude? And then some of the other guys on Twitter were like, oh, yeah, that's so and so the cow transfer and. And I didn't even like but look at should it. Should I try to say it? You can try to say it. Oluwafemi Aladay Alad I don't know. Would it be Aladay Joe or Aladay Ho? It might be the second one. And that does kind of sound familiar. Oluwafemi, yeah, just but you would know better than I would because you you kind of know a lot more names and you have to learn a lot more names than I do on, on any given probably would have called him Olu. There you go. We'll call him Olu. That works for me. Because <laughs> like like Bolu had a really long name, but we only called him Bolu. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Bolu. We can go with that. But um, no, so Olu. And Olu. that's that's good to um that that is good because there were times where people were blaming linebackers for not being able to stop the run last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes in coverage. <clears throat> so having somebody who I think he was a 90 plus tackle guy last year at Cal. I was gonna say I think he was a leading tackler at Cal last year him paired, paired up with Darius Massau inside mm-hmm. along with that front you might have some leeway to have an extra DB on the field when you have tackling machines like that on the inside that um, more, more than likely have capability of being able to stop the run are proficient um, you know in between the tackles it, it allows you to have you know less people in the box Rather than you, you know what I'm saying, or you know where you need more numbers if you, because there's there's times where you said it was running. It seemed okay. So usually, like the the type of linebackers that are uh, in there, the body type, I would say, you know, when you're running a a three three four or like the nickel, um, your two inside guys are usually closer to Mike bodies, mm-hmm. um, and at times it was like the type of bodies they had in there were more of like dime linebacker, nickel linebacker bodies, uh, John, John Vons and even the Kane Madranos. Yep. Those are not typical inside linebacker bodies. And those guys are rangy are really athletic and can cover. But when it comes to like 
usually who you have in there to stop the run, you have more of a Darius Missile body in there. And seeing now you have Olu in there too, who we'll see between the two who can play that will spot because the will spot you have to cover a little bit more mm-hmm. um, than the than the Mike. But having two buys of guys that can, you know, like I said, uh, see gap to see gap, being able to stop the run would be interesting. And just to see how they rotate the other people in. And you yeah. brought up another name where I'm wondering where they have him is Carl Jones. Yes, are they, mention, are they yeah. playing Carl Jones in that fifth DB spot or are they having him rotating in inside linebacker or DN? So based on what we've heard from inter- from the interviews, because we talked a lot to and we talked to Carl Jones and both actually seemed pretty excited about one working with Malloy, which indicates to me that Carl Jones is probably outside linebacker. He's working with, with that kind of with that room. I'm not sure. I'm blanking on what he was last year. But that sounds about right, maybe. Um, but he's he's probably working in in that same kind of rotation, maybe with Latu in them, I believe. Um that's kind of what I picked up on. But they again that even Latu, Carl Jones, they've kind of said, like, yeah, we like it. We we like because it allows everyone to be on the same page with the defensive line, the outside linebackers. And so that was kind of my understanding is that that's where Carl Jones was. And, and another name that you mentioned that I haven't mentioned is John John Vons. And I had to remember that in practice because he's not there in the spring because he's with the baseball team still mm-hmm. uh, hitting home runs and stuff. So Kill um, when he gets back in, it will be see interesting, interesting to see where he gets in the rotation. He wasn't at spring ball last year and came right in into the training camp and uh, jumped right into that, you know, first team offense or first team defense, you know, if if not right away, pretty soon into it, um, and kind of picked up where he left off. So he'll get into that rotation too, I'm sure. Um, I don't know. And then McKay Madrano is kind of also in that second team unit. Um, but they just keep and especially on offense too. We'll talk about offense here in a little bit. But it's just kind of hard to make up these pairings and who's with who. But I, you know, you're seeing a lot of K Madrano kind of in the second team. Um but yeah, sometimes they'll have Olu in there and you're like, okay, well, where's Darius? And then Darius, like they're just kind of switching, switching guys. I mean, th- this is the time to check out chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just the way that UCLA defense has been rotating since Chip Kelly has came in with the mm-hmm. hockey style rotation, um, everybody's going to play. And it they it kind of goes based upon who's hot that day, who's going to stay in. And you have your, your typical who's going to play. Who's going to play the most? Usually, Darren uh, Masao. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about um, Chris Barnes was rarely taken off the field, even though everybody rotated. I think me and Chris were probably stayed on the most, mm-hmm. and then Osa, and yeah. then everybody else around rotate a little bit more, or you know, somebody's so- more tired, having a good day, bad day. So it's like everybody has to know how to you yeah. know play with each other. But you have your pairings of like, okay, when it comes down to it, we need, you know. When you need to make a stop or you need to. Or a team a team is running real intermediate routes or a team mm-hmm. is, is running power or like a certain type of, you know, like play where it's like, oh, this pairing we saw in spring ball, like they they play the Seagat run really well. Or this two group, they, they play against ISO or they sweep or they do really good against tight end sets or they do a good respect like. All those different types of pairing. This is your time to like see, right. you know, who's who. Identify weaknesses and strengths. That's what the that's what spring ball is all about for college football. And for you, as someone who's like, like you mentioned, you and Chris Barnes probably always on the field. 
you kind of this time is kind of valuable to you because it gives you a sense of okay if i'm in here with with player a i know he either got a hard time hearing or he don't communicate or i have to communicate more like you get a feel for everyone and like what they you know what they do maybe what they what they can do maybe you need to lean a little bit more a certain way in favor of you know one area more than another so um someone mentioned that again i I think it was um Colton Yankoff, again, the offensive guy, but just in general mentioning like this is a great time to get familiar with everybody because you never know who may go down, who who you may need um, step up. Like if you get them in rotation, get them comfortable with the ones, you know, being a being OK to have a, a guy on the ones be comfortable with the twos. It doesn't make things awkward in the moment you need them to be good. So. I mean, even more so, I mean, I guess we're going to offense now, but even mm-hmm. more so with the, you know, quarterbacks and their timing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that for, for a guy like, yeah, like Colson, who is a plug and play guy and can go anywhere, he'll mm-hmm. probably, it doesn't matter who, who, what quarterback is in, Colson Yankos is going to be on the field doing something to help the offense. No doubt about it. Um, he's been working with the running backs and we kind of picked his brain a little bit to see, like, okay, you got some new guys in there. You got Carson Steele. Um, the ball state transfer, um, I think led the NCAA, at least among the guys that were returning to college football, I think in broken tackles and maybe one other stat, um, you still have TJ Harden, who we talked to for the first time, um, who went to Inglewood. He's looking pretty good running, running well. I was always under the impression he was bigger, but then when we talked to him during the interviews and the pads were off, I'm like, who's this little dude? But he just looks a little bit, maybe just more so in the face. He looks a little bit more skinnier, but when he's running, he's running hard and he's running like a big body. That's that's what you want. Yeah. So so he he's looked impressive when the pads are on. He looks like a like a big body and and he's not afraid to make contact with anybody. And um, Anthony Atkins, he took a year off, but um, spent time with Army. He comes mm-hmm. in. He's a big boy. I, I don't know if they're officially labeling him as a fullback, but he's getting some run in there as well so they they got a lot of guys they got some depth there it's kind of hard on figuring out who's the starter but i think you may be looking at harden right now and then maybe carson Steele. um is keegan jones guy. still on the roster keegan jones is on the roster i'm blinking on what was he was he a running back running back i think he's now with the receivers um but i think he got nicked up so i think he's kind of been out a little bit but mm-hmm. I think he's with the receivers, and he's, he's probably the, your Kaz guy for this exactly. year. Exactly. That, that's all to say. I was like, yeah, he's the closest yeah. thing you have to mm-hmm. Kaz probably when it comes to speed. Yeah. So they're probably going to get him going um, both out of the backfield maybe and taking advantage of that, but then also get him as a receiver. Um, we'll get to the quarterbacks in a minute. The the receiver room is just freaking deep. Is like. <laughs> You're like you're looking at Logan Loya, who's a guy who was kind of the understudy to um, Kyle Phillips, and you're kind of like, okay, um, he should be with the first team, right? But then you see Kyle Ford, J. Michael Sturdivant, who's also a Cal transfer, I believe. Um, Kyle Ford, obviously being from uh, the USC transfer, and then they'll have um, Cam Brown out there, who's mm-hmm. been with the program for a little while now. And you're like, oh, Logan Loya is not out there. And then he's in there with the second team guys, but then they'll mix the guys around. Sometimes you'll see Kyle Ford on the second team. So for that's the one group where like hell, like there's just it, it doesn't matter who you're seeing out there. Um, 
they're all going to be playmakers potentially for this team. And the thing is, it's good because they're working with all of these different quarterbacks, Josh. Everybody just wanted to take a quick break to remind you guys that the football season is right around the corner. And when you're headed out to the Rose Bowl, what better shirt to wear than a Believe in UCLA football podcast shirt? By doing that, you're going out, you're going to the game, you're supporting your team, and you're supporting your favorite podcast at the same time. Some of the proceeds go back to the podcast and help support the content and the different things that we have planned going forward. So what better way to, again, support your team and your favorite podcast than by picking up the shirts? Now, where can you find these shirts? They're available at the Believe Network store. And we made it very easy for you. Scroll down on this podcast. Check out the description. I got two links there for you for two different shirts. Make sure you check them out. Find the one that's right for you. And hopefully I see you wearing them out at the game. I'd love to see you wear them. Some are looking a little better than others. The the matchup the, or the showdown that the everybody showdown. wants to see. And it's kind of nice right now because uh, spring practice is open to the public. So... You know how we're normally kind of off to the side mm-hmm. as media. We kind of watch that. We kind of watch the linebacker drills, the same old stuff, uh, kind of see who's injured, who's not. But then uh, and they kind of say, yeah, go ahead, whatever. Just don't take photos or whatever videos. But they say, go up. You can go up to the parking structure and you can look. And we're taking full advantage of that because we know that's not going to be something we can have during training camp and whatnot. But we get as up close as you possibly can to watching that second field there with the quarterbacks and we're watching them throw at the net where they're kind of testing their accuracy. Um, We're watching them doing, they're doing a lot of team stuff on that second field that we normally would not get to see. Um, So we're seeing what groupings are going on, what quarterbacks are going. It's kind of weird because you're seeing some where Dante Moore will only go like three or four plays when some of the other guys had like 10 plays. And that's just because I guess maybe the the periods of the practice and by the time they get to him, it's kind of like time's up. So it's not like he's knocked out of anything. Um, If I had to list who the quarterbacks were right now. And it, um, and before I mention this people online, people who really aren't at practice and just coming into this, assuming everyone's like, it's going to be Colin Schley, the Kent state transfer, who was like a number three quarterback in the transfer portal, or it's going to be Dante Moore who starts this year. That has not been the case so far. The you're dark horse. It, well, you're looking at Ethan Garbers right now, which is kind of expected, right? Um, and then you, we're seeing a whole lot of Justin Martin, the oh, Inglewood finally. guy, as your number two guy, which I know a lot of people on Twitter, at least that I talk to, are excited about because they've been wanting him to be the next guy to, you know, plug and play like Dorian because he, you know, same kind of, you know, can can move and stuff like that. Um. And then you're getting Dante Moore. And then you're getting Colin Schley, who he even kind of admitted when we talked to him. And that was one of the good things, Josh. We got to talk to every quarterback. We talked to five of the six quarterbacks. Luke Duncan, the other freshman, is in a sling. So we didn't talk to him. But we talked back-to-back to um, Garbers, Justin Martin, uh, Schley, everybody's favorite, Chase Griffin. And then we talked to Dante Moore last so we talked to them, but it's looking like it's it's Garbers, Martin, Moore, and Schley. And Schley admitted there's kind of a learning curve right now for him. As expected, you're just kind of getting dropped in, and that's why you're kind of seeing Moore and Schley kind of taking some of those um, third-team reps. 
but Shalee has a cannon, but the accuracy isn't there. And it's hard for me to kind of like, I feel bad kind of talking about him because I know I can't do any of it. So I'm like, who mm-hmm. am I? But the accuracy on some of it's not there. Um, he can get the, he can throw the ball. That's for sure. Um, with Dante Moore, he looks good. Sometimes he's throwing the ball out of bounds, but maybe no, not throwing it out of bounds, but kind of throwing it away. But in some regard during these uh, seven on seven or these, um, I guess more so 11 on 11, maybe that's the right play you're making based on what's rushing at you and stuff. But Ethan Garbers has looked good. Really good. Um, Justin Martin has looked pretty good. I, I think he threw a deep ball. Uh, the other day. And again, they have good receivers to throw the ball to. So it's exciting. And it's kind of the thing is, it can change. And it's kind of hard to read into it. A lot of people are saying it doesn't matter. Dante Moore is going to start. Maybe mid, maybe at the midpoint of the season or something. But right now, Garbers is kind of the guy. And you mm-hmm. could tell me, tell me what you think of this. Um, and maybe this is just read into it. Maybe it means nothing. But right now they got the they got the cam on him. Mm-hmm. I think if you're putting the cam on somebody, that means they're usually kind of the guy right mm, that's I mean, more of a media team thing but i mean it's expected that he's gonna i feel like but doesn't that help with film and like getting a good look like and him be the returning guy if anything maybe i don't know i don't know i mean usually they use those for just the social media stuff i don't know oh, if started, really? started using that for yeah i was under the impression chip was using it for for point maybe, of view maybe, maybe he is now uh maybe yeah. and that is why they used to have uh they used to put stripes on the quarterback's helmets so i'm feeling mm. you can see where they had their head pointing so i mean that, I, that makes sense but i mean i feel like it it, it i feel like well, we didn't talk about it but it has to be his till it's not as the return yeah. like I you agree. got it as a fair shot um and that's that is interesting for a grad transfer to be more of a learning curve than a true high school freshman. And he's the only other guy who has college experience, consciously. He's the only guy who played. I think he played, he came in halfway during the season. He has like a year and a half of of starting experience. So I don't know how much different the offense is from what he was using or going with at Kent State, but. Yeah. I mean, the most important is for the quarterback to figure out it's going to be training camp in the fall mm-hmm. that's going to be the ultimate deciding factor because this yeah. is yeah we're so far what, away yeah yeah a lot of learning and then what they do between the two camps is gonna that's gonna prove who's gonna be the guy yeah so that's kind of the quarterback update um we'll be keeping a close eye on that the biggest concern josh this offensive line it duke clemens and i don't know all the other names off the top of my head to be honest Benjamin Roy is one. I remember his name from a couple of years. They got Spencer Holstage, I think, a guy from Purdue who transferred in. I think he's a little nicked up, um, but he's supposed to be a, a good guy for them. But I think if you lose someone like him, this offensive line could be in some trouble. Is Sam Marazzo not? Did he not get another year? I don't think he did. And I I was always under the impression that he was supposed to. I thought but, so, too. But I don't think so, because I don't, he might have even been a five year guy. And I don't remember. But he was hurt so much. Yeah. And losing, with this time that I would I kept thinking. But the, the impact of losing him and John Gaines from the room, ultimately, I think that mm-hmm. that's that's big, you know. Even when those guys weren't playing, even when John Gaines was was a was a baby and was, you know, mm-hmm. just what he brought to that room <clears throat> as far as attitude, leadership, and just being a helpful hand to mm-hmm. other guys, I think that helped a lot of people. 
Um, same thing with Sam when he was hurt, he was still helping out a lot. Yeah. Um, I know those guys definitely helped guys like Mafia when they first came in the room, you know. Yep. So besides losing, you know, Moff and and them on the field, losing them off the field will also hurt that room. So hopefully Sam, you know. I have to check. I don't think he's he's not on the roster, I don't believe. I actually lost my spring roster that they gave us. I gotta get another one. They don't have it on the website yet. I have a photo of it, but um but I don't think he's on there. Um, I mean, but if, I mean, in a way, it makes sense. And that's just kind of how it goes in football. So for me, the offensive line had always been a strength. But then after you lose uh, Sean Ryan and Alec Anderson um, two years ago to the NFL, now you're going to have Gaines and Moffie go this year. Duke is the only returner of those guys that's still kind of there. So stability at center. But after that. Some learning, and they may maybe they surprise people, but right now, some growing pains, and that's what spring ball is all about. That's what spring ball spring ball is all about. We'll end things there, Josh. Um, I'm going out to practice tomorrow, and I'll probably be out there one other time before we have our next podcast. So, um, I'll have more updates, but that's kind of the tea for right now. Um, so yeah, any final words? I want to hear the updates. I want to know about Carl Jones' position, and yeah. I want to know Sam Marazzo's back. I'll, I'll find out for you. Thank you guys for listening. You guys have a good one. We'll catch you in the next one. Another episode of the Believe in UCLA football podcast presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.